2: April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com.
3: Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
2: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally,
1: for most people, are the easy button, right? Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
3: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
0: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates
1: hello and welcome to another episode of do go on my name is dave warnerke and i'm here with jess perkins and matt stewart hello i'm matt
2: stewart hi matt i'm matt stewart oh no no No. what's happening
0: there's two matt stewart sitcom hang on
1: I'm also Matt Stewart. There's
0: three Matt Stewarts. What, are we in
1: paradise? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Three Matt's. Oh my Yuck. Goodness.
2: I mean, three out of three. If we walk out that door, maybe everyone out there is Matt Stewarts as well. I
0: couldn't handle that at all. It'd all be right.
2: too good. Yeah. Maybe there is such a thing as too much of a good Matt Stewart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and hello to all our Matt Stewart listeners out there. Yeah, Hello. Uh, great to be back in the studio for another week, guys. You good? Real good. I'm fine. Okay. I don't want to talk about it. All right. Well, I was going to ask, so <laughs> glad you flagged that.
0: <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Thank you for obeying my wishes.
1: All right, Matt, you good?
2: I'm good. I cannot wait for this week's question to get us on topic.
1: So you don't want to talk about it either, okay.
2: No, I want to talk about it. No one's I, asking who si- I am. Only once we only hear you? the question.
1: I do want to talk about it and I'm good. Okay. You would like to get straight into the topic?
2: Oh, yeah. Big time.
1: It's a juicy one.
2: Ooh, Ooh, okay.
1: Apple.
0: Oh, not that kind of juicy. Orange. Or chicken. Oh. Is that juicy? I don't know. Juice, okay, it's not that kind of juice. So it's the type, it's the brand where people used to have juicy written across their backsides and their tracksuit pants. Oh. I still think in parts of the
1: world they have that.
0: Fuck yeah. yeah. Wow. Fashion capital of the world, Milan. Do they have. Is that what we're talking
2: about? Oh, yeah, we're talking about Milan.
1: Woohoo! I got it in one. <laughs> All right, do you want a question? And
2: we'll see. Dave. I mean, we'll
1: narrow the parameters slightly. I, I just want
2: to pull you up on something. It's actually called Milano.
1: Pu- I'm so sorry. Culture team right here. Yeah, you are the culture vultures, and I am, well, just the Philistine,
2: and I'm not fine.
1: We call you Yuck Boy.
0: Yeah. Okay, yes.
2: Bin. Been- Bin Belonger, the one who belongs in the bin. (laughs) Bin Boy.
0: I'm changing his nickname in our
1: group chat right now. (laughs) So the one that belongs in the bin, or Bin Boy, Bin Belonger. No, I like the boy that belongs in the bin. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I got a hairy chinny chin chin. All right. (laughs) Ask the question. Okay. All right. My question is (laughs) for both of you. Oh. Which revolutionary and cultural icon was one of time's most important people of the 20th century? Share. Ooh, oh,
2: that's good. All right.
0: Do you believe in love at love? I yes. Didn't, I
2: didn't before that song, but now I did. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone at all. What about John Paul Courtier?
1: John? Jean- mm-hmm.
2: Claude Van Damme. <laughs>
1: do you mean John Paul Gautier? Gautier. Yeah.
2: I went to, I went to the... NGV one time and there was some sort of a thing on. Was, that's about. That's a, I was trying to be cultured. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of his clothes there. Yeah. He was a guy with a lot of clothes. Yeah. What's his name?
0: John Claude Van Damme.
2: John Claude van Vantydam. Yes. Van-ty-damme.
0: Van-ty-damme, yes. The muscles from Brussels. <laughs> yes. John Claude Fancy Man. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you guys legit? So
0: time- Wait, can you say
2: it again? I was. I don't know if I was really paying attention as much as I could have been. Okay.
1: Let me repeat. Which revolutionary and cultural icon hmm. was one of time's 100 most important people of the 20th
2: century? Revolutionary and? Cultural icon. Che Guevara. Guevara.
1: It is Shea Yay! Guevara. Che Guevara. The only revolutionary I know. <laughs> there you go. He was actually listed, listed under, so basically time voted for the 20, so 100 most influential people of the 20th century. And he was and they broke him into categories. He was listed under heroes and icons. They broke him into categories. Yeah. No,
2: His wow. balls.
1: <laughs>
0: he was straight to balls. His
2: own category. Shea balls. <laughs> Shea balls, son. Shea balls. I thought of a Shea Lange. Lange. But
1: now a Shea Ball. No, he was listed under Heroes and Icons, but not leaders and revolutionaries.
0: I know absolutely nothing about this person.
2: I've got a book. Is that bad? Uh, Have you called read the book? Shea. And it sits on my shelf, very dusty. Great, so it's a... With... Well, the dust is all the dust of of being read.
0: Did you buy the book or did someone buy it for you? won
2: it at a a trivia night, which was a fundraiser for someone who worked at the hospital.
1: Yep. Were you the individual winner or did your team get that and they said, Matt's
2: going to read this? I can't remember, but... Bloody hell, it was a proud moment.
1: The reason
0: I ask is because I went over to a friend's house last night and on her bookcase I had given her a little book for Christmas. It's just like a a little photography book of dogs and she had that on her bookcase but like out in front of all the other books like it was on display And and I couldn't help but feel that that had been pulled out because I was coming over,
1: you know. Oh, and it was the one you'd
2: given her?
0: Yeah, the book I gave her was on display, like, in front of all the other books. So all the other books are, like, you know, stacked up in a line and this one's out on display in front of them.
2: Your mind is such a sad place. Maybe you just bought a very nice gift and it was appreciated.
1: Absolutely not, Jess. She has tried to pull one over you. Yeah.
2: Or or she cares so much about you that she wanted you to know that she appreciated the gift. No. Either way.
1: Friendship terminated.
2: Beautiful. Little example well, me, of friendship there. Well, let me
1: ask you a question, Matt. If the trivia host from that trivia night you won was to come to your house, would you dust off that Shea book and put it on display?
2: I think you would. I'd say, excuse me, who are you? <laughs> you, look, <laughs> you Why look are you at my house? Familiar? I can't quite place you. <laughs> I remember that night the Saints lost to the Cats. Was, that was what I was mainly doing, was looking at my phone. Guys. And you
1: still managed to win a book.
2: Yeah, look, I'm very good at trivia. You
0: shouldn't have been looking at your phone during trivia. Yeah. What are you, some kind of
2: fucking animal? Only in the breaks... Sure, mate. Sure. I'd know how to triv.
0: Anyway, to triv speaking, is to live. Speaking of triv, let's learn some now. Uh, this
1: is our second report in a row in, on a person from the 100 most influential people. Marilyn Monroe is also on the list. Mm, there mm. you go.
2: Who suggested she, this topic?
0: Was she higher up?
1: <laughs> uh, well, she was not listed as a uh, leader or revolutionary, but Why was not? an icon. Yeah, there you just go. Just like Che. Mm.
2: So uh, was she higher up? Mm. You sort of answered, it, answered the question with something that wasn't an answer.
1: There was no rankings. Except, actually, no, there was. Albert Einstein was number one. Most influential person in
0: the last century.
2: He is a slippery character, Dave. Isn't he? Cannot and... get a hold of him. <laughs> Slipping <laughs> right through my fingers.
1: Oop, I nearly had him. It's like a little grape. This bin boy is covered in bin juice. All right. Oh,
2: oh that is juicy.
1: <laughs> this topic was suggested, I told you, juice, we've come back to it. Uh, suggested by Patrick Zerner from Adelaide.
2: Patrick Zerner loves Zerner. to learn her, as we always say.
1: And also just suggested by Michael Gledson.
2: Uh, Michael Gledson. Good on you, Petty Medson. <laughs> Go to Bedson. So, petty Medson. Oh, well, what, what Dave said made some sense in a way, but mine was more esoteric.
1: Esoteric?
2: Mm-hmm. No further questions.
1: <laughs> che was born under the name Ernesto Guevara Fuck in yes. Rosario, Argentina, on June the fourteenth, nineteen twenty-eight. So, not long after this episode was released, we are celebrating. It would be celebrating his ninetieth birthday. Oh, cool! Uh, he yeah. was the oldest of five children of an upper middle class family. Five is an okay number of children.
2: That so that's just under the question. Least,
1: yeah, one more,
0: and we ask the question. It's like, come on, you can't remember all their names at that stage, surely? Mm. I can remember five names, easy.
2: That's the first. What else?
0: Easy, squeezy, lemon, piece-y. You Still got one banana. Child. Banana.
1: Great. The odd one out.
0: Banana Perkins. One. Which one are you? It's the
2: doc of the twelve dwarfs.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't recognize you, so I'm going to I'm going to assume you're banana. You must be banana.
2: Yes, mum. <laughs> That's right. I'm bananas. That's the party kid.
1: <laughs> banana is a party dude. <laughs> Uh, so Che or Ernesto's mother, Celia, came from a very well-off family from Buenos Aires. She was very intelligent. She was very intelligent. <laughs> More intelligent than that sentence leads <laughs> me to sell you. She was very intelligent, and as an uh, early feminist, she was one of the first women in Argentina to wear trousers, smoke, and drive a car. Oh, fuck yeah. Celia's great. What about us? Che's I've father? Done,
2: I've done two of those things, so I don't know what the big deal is.
1: You've done the big two. He's never worn trousers, is what they say. But you have smoked whilst driving a car.
2: (laughs) Sure have. And been the first woman to do so in Argentina. Or whatever country you mentioned.
1: She was only one of the first. You were the first. Yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, Ernesto Jr.'s father was also called Ernesto. Ah. He too had links to a very wealthy family, including being the grandson of one of South America's richest men. However, somewhere along the way, the family had lost most of their fortune. Ernesto Sr. was six years older than Celia. They fell in love and quickly married and six months later, little Ernesto Jr. was born. Oh, so he was premature, obviously. Yes, three months premature, exactly. Yeah, wow. Dating back from the wedding night.
0: Oh, of course. (laughs) They lived
1: a uh, (laughs) little chuckle to yourself there. (laughs) Hey,
0: someone's got to enjoy my company. (laughs) May as well be me.
1: (laughs) As I always say. (laughs) I'm gonna change my nickname to Lonely Girl, Thin <laughs> Boy, Lonely Girl, and the Beardy One.
2: Ah, oh, you guys have really got to get to know me. <laughs>
1: no, we still don't know anything about. You. i don't know, the one with beard and glasses, I guess. You know as much about you as someone who's just met you.
2: <laughs> oh God. Ah, oh, Matt, you know him. He's always got that beard on his face. <laughs> Classic well, man, Matt.
0: Matt, maybe you need to
1: let us in. Yeah. Let bin boy in <laughs> Let lonely girl near <laughs> No nah, don't Because then you'll lose what makes her special yeah, that's-, that's my thing <laughs> Well the Guevara's lived a bohemian life And Che was raised with leftist leanings His father often hosted Veterans from the Republic side of the Spanish Civil War in their home and Che developed An affinity for the poor He was very well read and was interested in poetry From a young age Chase's childhood, however, was marred by chronic asthma hmm. that at times was so bad his family thought he might die from it. The family even moved to the mountain town of Alta Gracia hoping that the mountaineer would help the young man's asthma. The plan worked and he was able to regain his health and was an active student and enjoyed playing rugby and swimming. Oh, wow, that's
0: cool.
2: Do you mean mountaineer? Was a, there was a mountaineer <laughs> who helped him with his breathing.
0: Yeah, a lot of mouth-to-mouth. <laughs> But it worked. It worked. I, you can't a- argue with results. You can't. I won't.
2: And that mountaineer's name was Mr. Ventolin.
0: <laughs> a little uh, known fact about Mr. Ventolin is something he went on to invent penicillin. <laughs> oh, he and
2: bacitide.
0: <laughs> he invented penicillin. He invented it. it. <laughs> yes, he Incredible. did. Incredible. God, you are good. <laughs>
2: That's I why. thought that
0: was a. I thought that was a genuine fuck up. Oh no! And that I was that, just a bad pun. I saw that glint in your eye, and I was like, "Fuck, he is good, isn't he?"
2: That's actually where the word Inventolyn comes from. Oh. Dave saying it just then.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just coined it. I'm a coiner. I'm a coiner. <laughs> Late teens, Che went to look after his grandmother in Buenos Aires. After her death, he enrolled in medical school at the University of Buenos Aires, having been inspired to want to help others after his own struggles with asthma. Hmm.
0: So he Hmm. wants
1: to be a doctor. A noble effort,
0: Mm.
2: yes. To want to be something good.
0: I'd love to be something good.
2: (laughs) Isn't that? I'd love to want to be something good. (laughs)
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That would be good, wouldn't it? So Che wants to be a doctor, but he also wants to travel and explore the world. So twice he took breaks from medical school to do so. His first trip was in 1950 when he traveled solo through rural Argentina on a bicycle that had a small engine attached. Oh, he
0: decided that's cheating.
2: Yeah, is that a m- motorbike? It's like a shit motorbike.
0: What? I probably I mean...
1: could have just said shit motorbike.
0: Yeah, we would have known exactly what you yeah, meant. You would have known. Yeah, We saw a guy, a, like a 75-year-old man on a Segway today. <laughs> My dad, who's just had a hip replacement and is on crutches, was just staring at this guy in awe. He was so excited. And jealousy. He's like, look at that. Look at that. Look That's... at that. Annie. Annie. Look at that.
2: That, that does nice sound time. great. I think I reckon, and I can't fully explain why, but I remember 10 years ago or something, I was in a car at a traffic light and across um, the you know ac- crossing across it mm. was uh, like a hardcore Jewish dude with the full getter mm-hmm. and he would have been about 65 on a razor scooter and yes. it was just like I just felt so happy yeah. and I don't know how to explain that
0: yeah it's a great feeling isn't it Yeah. It's like unlikely animal friendships. It's that same sort of like, what?
2: Right. (laughs) It's
0: unexpected. (laughs) Yeah. But it's so glorious. Yeah. Totally. I
2: feel it. And there was joy. You know, when, like, I think joy is contagious. He was clearly a happy man.
0: Yeah, because he was on a razor scooter.
2: The wind was like, his hair was flowing back under his hat. Yeah, the curls, yeah.
1: Oh, amazing.
2: And his beard. Getting
1: a great image because he's smiling in my mind.
0: Yeah, I'm imagining it too. He had a big grin on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Flowing
2: sort of garb.
0: Also, could I please use the company credit card to buy three Razor scooters?
2: Approved.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two out of three. Sorry, Matt. Ah.
0: As if you were going to say no. No, look. I'll get you your favourite colours. I'm
2: very uh, fiscally responsible. <laughs> oh, I just, Mainly because I like that phrase.
0: Just trying to have some fun, Dad.
2: <laughs> well, maybe if you behave... We can have some fun.
0: When have I not behaved? Name a time. Name a time I haven't behaved. Yeah, you can't name one because well, I always behave.
1: Yeah. That time you threw Skittles at the crowd.
0: They loved it. <laughs> Next. I was sharing. You always told me to share.
1: Violently. It's
0: true. Violently, sh- enthusiastically, I would argue.
1: We had to apologize Apologise and fill out an incident report for the venue.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all got Skittles.
1: Yeah. It was a good day. Ah, uh, Skittles. Anyway, Che decided that the best way to get to know and to understand a country was by visiting hospitals and meeting the patients that they housed. He wasn't interested in tourist sites, but he wanted to see the plight of the people. The next year, he took another break from his studies in 1951, then aged 23, and he went on a nine-month journey that would really shape his view of the world. Che and his friend Alberto Granado, who was studying biochemistry, embarked on a motorcycle journey of South America. That's a brilliant name. The motorcycle they were traveling on was called... South America. It is good, isn't beautiful, it? It's beautiful, isn't
0: it?
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> uh, the motorbike, this time it is a motorbike, not a shit Oh,
2: motorbike. Thank
1: you, yes. Well, I say that. It was called La Poderosa, the Powerful.
2: Ooh. Ooh, that sounds good. It
1: was anything but and gave him a lot of trouble early on and uh, eventually broke down completely. So they're, the two of them on one motorbike? Yeah, and now they have no
2: motorbike. Idea. Oh, oh, sounds like a, a fun movie. Yeah. Buddy cop movie. Yeah. Without the cop.
0: But at first they don't get along. Yeah. Right?
2: Because one of them has to get one from one side of South America to yep. the other. Yep. But he doesn't want to go. He
0: doesn't want to go. And, but then they have to be on one motorbike. Oh, brother. Yeah. And if they don't get by 9
1: a.m. on May 1st, yep. they both go on to juvenile hall.
0: Yeah. But then, about halfway through, they start to respect one another. Yeah.
2: They see that each other's traits are. Actually, quite good.
0: Yeah, maybe they have a little more in common than they thought. Mm.
2: The straight man, mm-hmm. played by Steve Martin in this case, and the wild man, played yep. by Che Guevara slash John Candy.
1: <laughs> You're thinking planes Yeah, trains, trains, automobiles. And automobiles. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, they needed to use other means of transport. That is correct, Matt, because they lost their bike. Uh, they mainly hitchhiked, they continued on their journey without a bike. At one point, they introduced themselves as internationally renowned leprosy experts at a local newspaper, which wrote a glowing story about them. (laughs) The travellers used the press clipping as a way to score meals and other favours with locals along the way.
0: Sneaky. (laughs) Have a look at this little clipping
2: I've got before you say no to giving me free food.
0: (laughs) I tend to show people my showreel before uh, any kind of interaction. To be honest, job interviews, restaurants...
1: Well, no. I mean, a job interview is not that inappropriate. Good point. Restaurants, I'd argue. Yeah.
2: What's the job?
1: Meeting the parents. <laughs> show them a show
0: reel. Yeah, no, the job is as an administrator. <laughs>
1: Here's a highlight reel of me meeting my former
2: partner's parents. <laughs> That's Diane. <laughs> she
0: was sassy. <laughs> we Shh, shall catch sh- up for brunch. Sh-
2: um, wait, I'm about to say something really funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it
2: gets me every time. <laughs>
1: I did not get along with Jeremy. Yeah.
0: That's Mark. He's the one who got away.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm stuck with your son. <laughs> that's how it goes. John Candy and Steve Martin mm-hmm. also got in trouble. Just trying to make it relatable for Matt here. Nice. Uh, while stopping in the uh, town of L- Lautaro to repair the motorcycle after an accident, they were invited to a dance. Oh, what's that doesn't sound like... Trouble at all. The evening ended badly. Oh, oh, dear. They couldn't do the shuffle.
2: Couldn't do the dance. After, <laughs> couldn't do the Cincinnati sit and squeal. They could
1: not. <laughs> and also Guevara tried to uh, seduce a married woman. Oh. The two men were chased out of town by an angry mob.
2: Wow. That, that feels like that never really happens that, in real life.
1: Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just giving a montage. Chase learning and growing.
0: It feels That's like, like a any... story that they would have laughed about later. Yes. Not funny at the time. No, oh, certainly
2: no. not. Not Steve Martin would not have been happy.
0: Right. But later, oh boy, would they have laughed about that one! Hands around each other, clutching their stomachs, laughing so hard. You know, I know. Like we used to do.
2: Montage, <laughs>
0: <laughs> slow motion montage of the three of us laughing.
2: <laughs> yep, that's There's good. One. Shop that's
0: going in.
1: <laughs> that's Diane. <laughs> Uh, All in all, the pair travelled over 8,000 kilometres through many South American countries. But it wasn't all just fun montage. Che was shocked by the poverty that he encountered. He was appalled at the conditions of miners working in a Chilean mine and meeting a homeless communist couple left an impression on him where they they didn't even have a blanket to share between them. In Peru, the two men went to see Hugo Pese, a leading leprosy researcher and a Marxist, who engaged Che with political discussions that he later acknowledged as formative on his outlook. The travelling pair spent a few weeks volunteering at a leper colony on the Amazon, and on his 24th birthday, with the doctors and nurses as his audience, Guevara gave his first political speech, advocating for a unified Latin America.
0: Any of you remember what you were doing on your 24th birthday?
2: I was at... uh... The Belgian beer garden in on uh, St. Kilda Road. I don't think it's there anymore. No,
0: it's not. But it great was great. Cut was. my foot, was
2: wearing thongs, cut my foot, bled a lot.
0: Okay, so not making political speeches is what it's getting out there. Right? Well,
2: no, I used that um, huh. as an analogy. Mm, my life. foot is like the working people. Mm-hmm. And I'm sick and tired of this shard of glass, i.e. The man. Big business. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting into our livelihoods. Back to my foot again. Wow! <laughs> my foot's versatile. Are you lecturing the ambulance people
1: that
0: are yes, looking after you? Yes,
2: I've lost a lot of blood <laughs> <laughs> and drunk many litres of beer. Yeah, my blood was very thin. It really. There's a photo somewhere, and it it's a lot of blood.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've lost three litres of blood, but I've uh, gained five litres of beer, so I <laughs> should be fine, right, officer? <laughs> Uh, che documented his thoughts and experiences with a daily diary that would later be published in 1995 as a book called The Motorcycle Diaries.
0: So many successful and influential people have kept diaries.
1: I did for a period of two years and I wish I'd kept it up. Yeah. Because now you can go back and you can ask me what was I doing on February eleventh, 2011. I can tell you exactly. Well,
0: I'm not going to keep it like every day because I do a lot of boring shit too. Some days I just like go to work and go home. That's it. It is a
1: good habit because what if you do become the superstar that we all know you will, Jess Perkins, and one day they'll be like, can you write that tell-all book? And they'll ask you what you were doing. Yeah. On February 11th. 2011.
2: So in case you write a book one day, Jess, waste your time writing in a diary. Come on, Dave. Is that what you're suggesting? Just keep a calendar. you got a Google calendar.
0: I've got a Google calendar. You changed my life with that Google calendar. I used to be a, a strict, colour-coordinated diary kind of girl. Now I'm a strict, colour-coordinated Google Calendar kind of Oof. gal. I can access that anywhere.
2: Yes. In the cloud, Dave. Think about it.
1: So good. Still yet to fully transition to the cloud. The Motorcycle Diaries was also made into a film. Planes, Trans, and Automobile. <laughs> no, it was actually made into a film. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, che travelled alone to Miami. This is still on the journey. Before flying home to his family, now a changed man. He formed the view that the only way for the masses to restore equality and break free from their oppression, that in many cases still stemmed from colonialism, was through armed revolution. He wrote this in his diary. I will be on the side of the people. I will take to the barricades and the trenches, screaming as one possessed, will stain my weapons with blood and, mad with rage, will cut the throat of any vanquished foe I encounter. Bloody hell. So this journey has really changed him.
2: That's that sounds like you know like old school Roman stuff or something. Yeah, it I've really... just been listening to a podcast about.
1: Alright. <laughs> <Romans>. oh, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the cutting
2: the throats of the vanquished. Is so, that what he said? Yeah. Vivid, vivid imagery. Mm. Mm.
1: He completed his medical studies in 1953 and then hit the road again, traveling through Central America. Eventually settling for a time in Guatemala, where President. Jacobo Arbenz was in charge of a progressive regime that was attempting to bring about a social revolution. President Arbenz was trying to implement radical land reforms and give land back to the poorer people that lived in his country. It was at this time that Guevara got the nickname Che. Uh,
2: Mm. What does Che mean?
1: Well, In Argentina, where Che is from as well as a couple of other Latin American countries, che is used as colloquial slang and can take the form of friend, a bit like mate or bro. Right. Oh, great. But it can also, this is where it gets complicated, it can also be used in place of hey or at the end of this sentence, like in Canada when they say hey. hey or New Zealand. Che at the end. But, so uh-huh. it could be like mate or you can just slip it in. And Guevara used the phrase a lot and because this really stood out in Guatemala, friends uh, started to call him che and right. it stuck.
0: Oh, I love it! Is that a cool nickname story? That's yeah, a cool nickname story.
2: Yeah. And it's Che, not Shay, obviously. So I, I think I've always said Che, Che, Che is more fun. Do you reckon? Yeah, Che.
1: Oh, uh, Guevara is popularly known. How about have a crack at this? Simply as El Che, the Che in many Latin American countries. I think it's they just, don't just call him Che because they use that for a word. So yeah. Che
2: is like bro or mate. So it'd be like calling you bro Warnicky. Which is fun.
0: Mate Warnicky. Yeah.
2: Matey Perkins. Mate Perkins. Mate Perkins? Mate Stewart. Mate Stewart. That's efficient. I only need to change one letter.
0: Sometimes when I type your name, it comes out as mate, and I'm like, well, they're both good.
2: (laughs) It's all true.
0: Yeah. I say, thanks, Matt, or thanks, mate, and it's still...
2: Can't go wrong. You still get it. I still get it. Yeah. (laughs) This guy gets it.
1: (laughs) Me. (laughs) I'm this guy. It was also in Guatemala that Shea met Hilda Gadia Acosta, a Peruvian woman who would go on to become his first wife. Not well, we've tried.
2: got an Acosta listener, Miguel Acosta, I think.
1: It's a good name. It's a great name. Better than Hilda.
2: Hilda. Hilda's mm. a strong name.
1: Is it? I think mainly think? Co- she's actually mainly referred to as Gadia.
2: Mm. Oh, all of these are great.
3: Mm. Hmm.
1: <laughs> she was an economist who was well connected politically as a member of the left-leaning American Popular Revolutionary Alliance.
2: The- Putting "popular" in your name smart politically. It is. People get, you try go, and argue with that. No, we're popular. No, nah, you know we don't like him. Mm. Look at the name.
0: Yeah, it's in the name, mate.
2: Just vote for us. You know you want to. We're popular. Don't you want to we-
1: vote how everyone else
0: votes? Yeah,
2: oh, well, we're think. neither way. We're popular.
1: The Guatemalan leader Arbenz, who I was talking about before, trying to implement these land reforms, was overthrown in a coup supported by the CIA. A coup d'état. A two-day coup d'état. Mm. Mm. Uh, the CIA actually is fucking around a lot in Central and South America in this part, this time in history, mm. sort of um, choosing which leaders to back and who they don't want to. You know, Uh choosing regimes and stuff. It's it's all a bit dodgy. And uh, Che began to think that the U.S. would always oppose any left-wing government. This became the cornerstone of his plans to bring about socialism by means of a worldwide revolution. It was in Guatemala that Guevara became a dedicated Marxist. So there's all this stuff that's happening in his life. And he's sort of going more and more left, becoming more and more radicalized. With all the... Like... Oh, yeah. Shaka's? Shakalaka's. Hmm, please, still trying, please to, still trying to make that happen
2: because you said "radical" wrong.
0: You <laughs> said it like "radical."
2: Yeah, what a square! <laughs> you're such a square peg, Dave. <laughs> trying to fit into my round hole.
1: Oh, I'm, Whoa! I'm going nowhere near your round hole.
2: Yeah, it's because you're a square peg. Oh looking for a he, figure it out looking for a
1: square hole. He does not get it. Tweet me at Dave to if you have a square hole. Oh dear!
2: Don't tweet him, please.
1: Chad <laughs> uh, left Guatemala and headed to Mexico. Where he met and became close friends with Raul Castro.
0: Yes, good
1: name. Who had been, uh, it's Raul, a great name. Raul Raul, Raul. 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 Who had been closely uh, involved in the 1953 rebellion in Cuba. Uh-huh. So now I have to give you a bit of background here as to what was happening in Cuba at the time because it's a very important part of the story. Oh,
0: Dave. <laughs> Just a little recap, Jess. Oh, get on board. I don't get
1: geography.
0: Can you do
2: it in a montage?
1: <gasps> yes. Cue music. Music from the old old El Paso had probably offensive. Okay, (laughs) Uh, Cuba had become independent from the U.S. You know where Cuba is. Sure, it's a large island, largest island in the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. Central America. That's right, just south of Florida.
2: And the Florida Keys. Yeah, I've
0: seen Michael's Navy. The There's remake of Tom Arnold. Cuba. <laughs> oh,
1: thanks for that reference that we all go to. <laughs> so basically, <sighs> pretty sure that's a sentence, Cuba, <laughs> at least partly. Cuba had become independent from the U.S. in 1902, and after that, followed many decades of instability, rocked by revolts and coups. Today, coup d'état, and also many d'états. Mm. A man named Fulgencio Batista. It's yes. Yes. a good name Fulgencio Batista. Yes. had served uh, earlier as Cuban president in the 1940s, and in 1952, he became president for a second time through a military coup. Although respected in his first term as el Presidente, he cancelled the 1952 elections and began to rule as a dictator. Cuba had high unemployment for locals and Batista formed deals with American companies that began to dominate and exploit the Cuban economy. Most of the highly profitable sugar industry was in US hands and foreigners owned 70% of the country's arable land. Shit. Arable land. Batista also turned...
2: You're thinking of areolas, <laughs> which I forget what they are. are they Are the nipple bits? Yeah, the round bit. Yeah.
1: Batista also teamed up with the American mafia who ran casinos on the illicit drug trade. So the U.S. government armed and politically supported this Batista dictatorship because it was good for the U.S. economy. So pretty much him and the political elites are living the high life, but stuff for Cubans, the general population is not good. Not good. Mm. So Fidel Castro was a young, outspoken Cuban lawyer in the 1950s. He tried to challenge Batista through the courts but got nowhere because the dictator just sort of got away with everything. And he came to the conclusion, this is Fidel, that revolution was the Cuban people's only answer. So Fidel and his brother, Rahul, mm. tried to rebel with a group called the Movement, but they were decisively crushed by Batista and both Castro brothers were imprisoned. At his trial, Fidel Castro gave a four-hour patriotic speech in his defence that has since gone on to be quite famous. He ended with the words, Condemn me, it does not matter. History will absolve me. He's a real good speaker. A real good speaker. Oh, yeah. He's real good, but. He's real good. He was sentenced to 15 years jail for the revolution. So his speaking didn't do that well. But under political pressure, Batista had to free him in 1955. Which, looking back, is a bad choice for Batista because Fidel and Raul Castro fled Cuba for Mexico, where they met Che and were able to regroup and rekindle their dreams of revolution. Mm. So that's the background here.
0: Is this what the Tracy Chapman song is about?
2: Bebegana fires. girl. <laughs> Drive away and we're driving for Baby, and am down here. Is that the song yeah. you mean?
1: Sure. What was the Tracy Chapman song you meant?
2: If you want reason stay here, and I'll turn them back around.
0: I was about uh, talking about revolution. But okay. Just every time you said revolution, it's in my head. Don't trying... you know? Talking about a revolution sounds like a whisper.
1: Uh, during a long conversation with Fidel on the first night of their meeting, Guevara concluded that the Cubans' cause was the one for which he had been searching, and before daybreak he had signed up as a member of the July 26 movement, which is what they were calling themselves, named after an attack on Santiago de Cuba army barracks on July 26, 1953.
2: Santiago, Wales, vagina.
1: <laughs> uh, Guevara was recruited as the group's medic, although he did take part in military training, in particular guerrilla warfare. The movement knew that they would be outnumbered, so they were trained in hitting the enemy and then retreating into the wilderness. Despite essentially signing up to just be the group's doctor, Guevara was actually considered by their instructor, General Bayo, as his prize student and the best gorilla of them all. Oh, that's cool. Oh,
2: I love gorillas. So he was badass. Oh, gorillas. I love them. <laughs> just to rephrase the thing I said. <laughs> okay. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding... It looks like Jess has just uploaded something, What? It, but it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly.
1: Guardia, or whatever I was calling it before, in Mexico in on September 1955, before embarking on his plan to assist in the liberation of Cuba, it's time for a revolution. Yes. yes. Fidel Castro led a team of 82 men, including Guevara, from Mexico back to Cuba. The men traveled aboard the Grandma, an old leaky. It sounds like Grandma. I know it's like Grandma without the D. And you
2: said the same word twice, Grandma. I know it sounds like Grandma. Grandma. Oh, sorry.
1: Well, it basically is. It's an old leaky cabin cruiser. The boat was. <laughs> it basically is a grandma. Looks old and leaky. I don't, to- <laughs> I don't want to speak for your grandma.
0: Very accommodating. <laughs>
2: Makes great cookies. And sends me
1: $100 for my birthday. What? You get 100 bucks? Uh, no. Look, I just pulled a figure out of the
2: air. Really, it's in the, he the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, he's trying to think of the smallest amount that someone might get in oh, an yeah. envelope. I wanted to send relatable to Matt,
1: the <laughs> <laughs> working class man.
2: You've got to divide it a little more than that. <laughs> oh, I was pretty happy. If you've got a $5 in a envelope. Oh my god, but but when you grow up five times that was a different time.
1: Seven hundred shillings.
2: Yes. I was I was converting it to the modern speak. It was yeah, thruppence.
1: <laughs> Grandma sent us a thruppence.
0: Wow. And then what would you do with your thruppence?
2: Oh, I'd buy a bag of pigeon feed, go down to the square, sing a song.
0: <laughs> what why are you, why what? you sing a song? I don't
2: know. What a child. It was a very musical time. <laughs> Is this your 24th birthday again? Yeah. You cut your foot on a pigeon? Oh, times are tough until our nanny came along and she really brought music and wonder into our lives.
1: Threepence a bag. Okay, I get it. Oh, I love it. So the boat, so the grandma. It's a the and grand-ma. I, the grandma. And I've seen this, by the way, I was inspired to do this story after I went to Cuba earlier in the year. And uh, I let the Patreon people vote. Brag. on On uh, two possible people. That I learned about in Cuba, and they ch- picked Che. But I'm going to, for the, the Patreon people, I will do the other person at a later date. Not if I get to it first. <gasps> <It's> aha! <laughs> well, I mean, they'll still be happy because they get to hear you talk about it, so it's fine. Aha! aha! We're all winners here! <laughs> uh, but the grandma, which I've seen the boat in uh, Havana. It's, it is a leaky old cra- cabin cruiser. and not the th- You don't look at it and go, yeah, that's a revolutionary boat. <laughs> uh, the boat was extremely overloaded and barely reached the shore because it had 82 people on board. They landed in the Cuban province of Oriente on December 2nd, 1956, but were immediately detected by Batista's men and the revolutionaries were almost instantly wiped out. Whoa! Many were killed in the fight or executed upon surrender or capture. Whoa! During this initial bloody confrontation, Guevara laid down his medical supplies and picked up a box of ammunition dropped by a fleeing comrade. And with this, he had fully transitioned from medic to soldier. God, that's cool. Very symbolic moment. Mm. Only 22 of the original 82 were able to find each other again and they fled into the mountains. Wow. So they got fucked up. Chay survived, as did both the Castro brothers, and once established in the mountains, the small band prepared for an extended guerrilla campaign. So there's only 22 people left, but they're not giving up.
0: Out of 82. And
1: they still think they can overthrow a government with 22 people.
0: That's amazing. That's smaller than, like, your average primary school classroom. (laughs) You know? That's at least 30 little tackers.
1: (laughs) Imagine my grade three class trying to take on the Cuban government.
0: Oh, no way.
2: Especially when two of the three classes got blown up.
0: Oh, my God. That's crazy. Sounds
2: like my childhood all over again. Oh, man! We turned back.
1: (laughs) Aguvera quickly proved himself to Castro and became one of his most trusted allies. His intelligence, determination, dedication and toughness made him extremely valuable to the cause and he was quickly promoted through the revolutionary ranks.
0: I mean, you kind of make up your own ranks, don't you? I mean,
1: and
2: also there's only 22. 22, all of a sudden, yeah. The, you, you don't want to be the lowest rank, I'm t- like a real loser. I'm
1: 21st in charge. Miguel, clean the fucking toilet. Yeah, yeah, but I... Oh. You, you get to boss around one dude. Yeah. Guevara was put in charge of a unit and insisted... A, a unit, again, probably like six dudes. And insisted on <laughs> discipline and the importance of the communist cause. He was also instrumental in teaching new recruits. So they were getting new people coming and joining them because a lot of people hated the government. Right. Oh, so yeah. people were joining them. He taught them guerrilla tactics. He also established health clinics, a newspaper to disseminate information, and rebel radio, which broadcast news to the Cuban people with statements from the 26th of July movement. So that's how they recruited people. They would talk about how Batista is fucking you royal. You should come and join us, and people were doing that. He was promoted to commander of a second army column, effectively now second in command.
3: Mm. It was
1: as second in command that he began to show his ruthless side. As a disciplinarian, he was very harsh and sometimes had defectors shot. He was personally responsible for a number of summary executions of people accused of being either spies or defectors.
2: How do you picture a summary execution? I think like Bahamas, mm. a Banana Lounge, Poisoned Mojito.
1: What a way to go, huh? Mm-hmm. What a way to go. The first person he personally executed was Utimio Guerra, who was not shot with a mojito. Oh, Kauera no. was what a an way
0: eye. To go. A piña colada, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my, what do
2: you got?
1: My second favorite choice. I know. I know you love a piña colada.
2: Oh, gosh, it's milk. Such right? a
1: basic bitch. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's white rum and pineapple. Yeah, I'm such a basic. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're not, allowed. Love them. I'm not. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I will proudly order one at the bar if I can afford it. Yeah. If Grandma sent me two hundred dollars that year. <laughs> So, Guerra was an army guard who admitted to giving away the rebel's position in exchange for money, so he was a traitor. After his admission, Guerra asked that they, quote, end his life quickly, so Che stepped forward and just shot him in the head. Whoa. Che wrote this in his diary. Still keeping a diary. The situation was uncomfortable for the people and for Utimio, so I ended the problem, giving him a shot with a 32 pistol in the right side of the brain, with eg- exit orifice in the right temporal lobe.
0: God, he's very detailed, isn't he?
1: And also, that's a very cold way of
0: writing about how you murdered yeah. someone. Yeah. And so- a way I kind of prefer Carl McCann's diary, where it's like something terrible happened, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about it. That I almost prefer that. Che is a little too clinical. Do you think Carl oh, just killed a moose? Yeah, probably.
1: It does. It does show a side of him. He's very. Committed to the cause, but, but like, also like ruthlessly, um, brutally.
0: So, yeah. Me,
2: like doctors talk about the human body as if it's not a a human, right? That's just part of what he would have done as a sure. doctor.
0: Very,
1: quite clinical. Yeah, um, yeah. But the situation was uncomfortable, and I ended the problem, giving him a shot in the head. That's pretty.
2: But he ending the problem. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to stop defending Meaning him.
1: was no, being fine. alive. Yeah.
2: That's yeah, I problem. thought, but didn't you say he asked him to do it quickly?
1: Basically, well, I think he knew he was going to be executed because right.
2: he. Because that feels like that's pr- that's rather than going. All right, tomorrow you're going to be executed, mm. standing over there, and having to have that whole last night. Hmm. Mm. hmm. Yeah, but... hopefully a situation we never find ourselves in, being traitors to a, a band of, revolutionary, up- revolutionary <laughs> communists.
1: So Che was feared by his troops, but also deeply respected. He would take time to educate them and would entertain them with readings of poetry. So mm. I just shot a man, and here's some poetry. That's fun.
2: I just shot a man. Here's a picture of a fruit flan. That kind of poetry. Yeah. You know, he just riffed it. Topical. Yeah, real topical. He was <laughs> happening. He just he wasn't even holding a fruit flan. It was actually a cheesecake. So that just showed you how creative he could
1: be. Improv.
2: Hmm.
1: Improv. He's got it. He's got the gift of the gab. Yeah. He never blocks. Never blocks. But he does execute people. (laughs) Uh, Thomas Elba, who fought under Guevara's command, later stated that Che was loved in spite of being stern and demanding. We would have given our life for him. Oh. And many of them did. Uh, The guerrillas constantly battled with Batista's army, and by 1958 the dictator had had enough and ordered his army to wipe out Castro's forces for good he sent a large part of his army into the jungle to combat the smaller guerrilla force. But this proved to be a disastrous military error as the rebels, having hidden out in the mountain for over two years, knew the terrain far better than the army and were able to easily defeat them. Jeez. At this point, many of Batista's men deserted him and joined Castro's now-growing army. So it was a real error.
2: What should he have done?
1: Probably held back and waited for them to
2: try and face him. Just let him slowly grow. Well, I suppose he probably should have um, bombed them from above.
1: Now you're talking like a military bastard. With bust. love, yeah, flyers. Hey guys, we can wait this out.
2: Maybe he could have changed his ways and made made the people love him and sort of snuffed them out that way. Just being a good leader.
1: Imagine. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you that was his first problem was being a piece of shit leader. <laughs> Guevara's unit was tasked with taking the strategically placed city of Santa Clara, which he was able to do so despite having only 300 troops and facing over 2,000. Wow. Many in the Cuban army did not do much to stop Che. They basically, a lot of them just sort of rolled over. Yeah, rolled over. Again, because they don't respect their leader. On New Year's Day 1959, Guevara took the city and Batista who's the dictator, immediately fled the island with an amassed personal fortune and he went to the the Dominican Republic. (laughs) So there you go. It had taken two years, but the revolution that had started with just 82 people that was knocked down to just 22 people had actually been successful. Wow. It's crazy. That is crazy. It's crazy. After Castro's victorious troops entered Havana, the main city on January 8th, 1959, Guevara served for several months at La Cabana prison where he was tasked with rounding up officials from the Batista regime. Oh. So finding the old enemies. He was instrumental in organising several hundred trials for these officials, of which the majority resulted in a guilty verdict and the men in question were executed.
0: Oh, Mm. wow.
1: It is estimated that between 156 and 550 people were executed on Guevara's extrajudicial orders during this time. That's a huge range. I know. There's a not big great range.
2: diary keeper. Now
0: it's not like between fifty-five and sixty. And you're like, yeah, fair enough. That's think, a
1: huge range. I think people who don't like him say it's five fifty. People who do like him say it's only one fifty-six. Right, so kind of, and they they battle it out.
2: Do we know what happened to the barista?
1: <laughs> he eventually was accepted by uh, the Portuguese dictator and lived out his days in Portugal.
2: Wow. So he, so, yeah, he, so he got away with it. Got away with
1: it. Back to this story, the global community was appalled at this brutality of these um, often, they were basically show trials. They, went, they It's not like they went to, to court for 18 months. A lot of them had a, a court hearing in front of about five people for about 15 minutes yeah. and it was like, no, nah, you're guilty, out the back, shot.
2: No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. What? How do you plead? Not guilty. Nah, you are. Yeah.
1: Come out the back. No reason. Come on. So Guevara was copying it um, internationally, but his unwavering belief in the rightness of the communist revolution left him unmoved. It should be noted that these harsh punishments were widely supported by the Cuban public who the Batista regime had suppressed, tortured and murdered for many years. But does that ever justify execution without a proper trial?
2: Yeah, I don't think I, so.
1: No. no so, so Guevara is a hero to many people, and as, as you'll continue to hear, but to others, he is a villain
0: okay great because at the start of this all that i kn- i knew the name but that's about it i actually really didn't know anything and i was gonna ask is he a goodie or a baddie because i feel like in some films or whatever anytime i've heard him mentioned he's either like portrayed as a villain or as like a real hero and i was like i don't know what we're about to discuss
2: i remember did you come up across this at uni they used to Talk about all the time. One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist and vice versa.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty accurate here. Yeah, wow. Okay, cool. So I'll continue on and maybe at the end you can say, and I still I imagine at the end you'll be still unsure, still confused. Yeah, because
0: people are complex.
1: Yeah, and he's very complex. Yeah. That's one of the most famous people of the last century. He's very complex. Yeah. Uh, He became, uh, this Guevara became a Cuban citizen and served as Ministry of Industry as well as President of the National Bank of Cuba. Oh. It's because Fidel really trusted him so he gave him these positions of power where uh, Che famously demonstrated his disdain for capitalism by signing currency simply Che. Oh, fuck, he's cool. He
2: didn't really like money.
0: Decision made. (laughs) He's a rock star.
2: (laughs) He is a rock star revolutionary. Yeah. He's like... I, there was a fashion for a little while. Yeah. Probably not that long of t shirts with his face on it, right? Yes. Just Che. 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 Yeah, absolutely. I wonder what brought that about.
1: I don't know. Guevara did a number of positive things during his time as Cuban leader. He established universal education and still when I went to Cuba, they told me that um, school is free, university is free, so you can become a dentist and they'll pay for all your – the government will pay for everything. That's great. Healthcare, free. So Guevara established universal education and is credited with helping to raise Cubans' literacy rate from as low as just 60% up to 96%, some of the highest in the world. That's a big jump. Yeah. He also introduced land reforms and limited the size of all farms to 1,000 acres or 400 hectares. Any holdings over these limits were uh, expropriated by the government and either redistributed to peasants in 67-acre parcels or held as state-run communes.
0: Why 67-acre parcels?
1: Hmm. Two hundred seventy thousand square meters. Thank you. Uh, the law also stipulated that sugar plantations could no longer be owned by foreigners. So he's reclaiming a lot sugar. of the land. Wow! because yep, it was
0: owned by se- well, it was seventy percent of the land. Yeah, seventy percent was owned by was foreigners. So that's huge. And sugar is big money in Cuba.
1: Yeah, he talks the talk. But it should also be noted that, unlike many revolutionaries, he walked the walk. If you compare him to Fidel Castro, who, once in power, set up home and office in the penthouse of the Havana Hilton. (laughs) Che, on the other hand, slept in his office often, and in support of the volunteer labour program that he organised, he spent his day off working in a sugar cane field.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Because a lot of people, Mm. once they get the power, they just do anything to cling on to that power, and that's when... Yeah. You know, all all those... uh, African dictators I was talking about before, a lot of the time they start out as pretty good dudes and then they become crazy evil billionaires. Yeah, wow. Yeah, not Che. Guevara also became the face of Cuba, travelling around the world and meeting leaders from 14 countries in Asia and North Africa. He later also travelled to the US, China, Russia, North Korea and Ireland. He had Irish roots. Ah. Long distant, long long lost
2: Irish roots. I think what must happen is people just get at first they think they're doing the right thing, they've set something up, but they are afraid to give away to share share it with others. You know, the responsibility. Oh, yeah. So they get protective. This is a big this is what I'd be guessing. And then they go, No, I don't trust you with the money. I'll handle all that. And then eventually they just you know lose their mind and
1: Yeah.
2: So you reckon it's something like that?
1: Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. It what seems what point weird are you driving you start... around like in a fleet of Bentleys and you're like, Yeah, I'm still a revolutionary Yeah,
2: it does seem weird to me? Like how do you how do you um, reconcile that in your own mind? It feels weird. Like, if I've said to anyone that I'm doing something, I feel awful if I back out of it, let alone going, Hey, we're all in this together. We're all equal now. And then going, mm. No, nah, I didn't. I don't know. I never said that.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, we are all equal. I'm just like a, a higher level of equal. Yeah. I've just got 13
1: Bentleys. <laughs> what? Not? Nothing wrong with that.
2: It's important for us together that I have. Many, many Bentleys. No big
1: and it's deal. also important that in the Constitution it says that I have a direct line with God and whatever I say goes. Okay. Because
2: I'm the only one who can be trusted for us to all be equal. But
1: we're <laughs> equal. Very bad. Guevara was instrumental in shifting the country's trade relations from the United States, who are obviously very close geographically, to the Soviet Union, who are also communists at the time. A result of this shift was the Soviet Union installing nuclear missiles on the island of Cuba, only 100 miles from the US mainland. This led to the Cuban Missile Crisis, which was a thirteen-day standoff between the U.S. and the Soviets, and is hopefully the closest we'll ever come to an all-in nuclear world war. But I'd like to save that mammoth topic topic for a future report. I was going to say
2: I know that I know that phrase, the Cuban Missile Crisis, but I don't know. I I now know one hundred percent more than I did two minutes ago. So
1: Che had a lot to do with that. He basically invited the missiles onto Cuba. Basically, in a really quick summary, America found out that uh, Russia had nuclear missiles 100 miles away from them and freak the fuck out. Yes. As you would. As you would. Uh, But we'll talk about that another time because it's a really massive uh, subject. Che grew increasingly disheartened, however, as Cuba became a sort of client state of the Soviet Union. Increasingly disillusioned with the direction of the Cuban social experiment and its reliance on the Soviets, Guevara began focusing his attention on fostering revolution elsewhere in the world. By this point, he'd realized that government work, even at a very high influential level, was not right for him. He was a natural revolutionary. He wanted to dedicate his life to freeing other countries. So after April 1965, he dropped out of public life. His movements and whereabouts for the next two years remained secret. Oh. Many speculated that he'd fallen out with Castro and possibly even been killed. Right. So the world was, for a couple of years, wondering where he was. It was later learned that he had travelled to what is now the Democratic Republic of the Congo in Africa with other Cuban guerrilla fighters. He spent nine months there but was, was unable to achieve anything. During this period, Guevara resigned his ministerial position in the Cuban government and renounced his Cuban citizenship. After the failure of his efforts in the Congo, he fled first to Tanzania and then to a safe house in a village near Prague where he spent a lot of his time writing books. Wow.
2: He's a fascinating man.
1: Yeah. Where's his wife? By this point, he's onto his second wife. Right. And he does have, manage to have five children himself. All
2: himself by himself. They are separated <laughs> a lot. Plenty of this guy. What, what can't he do? He's pretty amazing. Did he
0: ever write that down in his diary? How he managed to have kids by himself? Because yeah. that would probably answer a lot of our questions. No, the we could finally conception. get rid of men.
1: <laughs> Bye, boys. Wait. Hang on. I think we <laughs> get rid of women. <laughs>
0: No. Uh... <laughs> Che's just gone solo. Okay, where are you going to grow it? Hmm? Hmm? Um,
2: that's what I thought. In Che. Yeah. In Che we grow. Yeah. Mm. I've always said that.
0: Yeah, I've always said that. I've never understood it until yeah, now. Yeah. Finally, it makes sense. God. So many episodes later. Yeah, I've asked you and you just said, yeah, one day. <laughs> and that's, that's today.
2: The propostasy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the
1: propostrophe?
2: The prophecy is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Do you want me to save you here? Yes. Uh, in the autumn of 1966, Rivera went to Bolivia incognito. He was beardless and bald. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, well, you know.
1: He went there to create and lead a guerrilla group in the region of Santa Cruz after some initial combat successes. I'm imagining. you trying to look at Matt. Yeah. I'm Just covering- hold up her hands to cover up. Matt Matt Beardless and Bald I reckon you could go incognito, beardless and bald. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't reckon. Especially you. <laughs> in Bolivia. Where
0: I you're where you are
2: massive.
1: <laughs> oh, I wouldn't want to be seen with
0: you. Brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck.
2: that's all I have to do.
0: <laughs> what if I was beardless and bald?
2: Huh? You're on your way.
1: <laughs> yeah, balding.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in Santa Cruz.
1: He's hanging out with another guerrilla group, and after some initial combat success, Guevara and his uh, guerrilla band found themselves constantly on the run from the Bolivian guerrilla
0: Bolivia. band.
2: They were traveling like folk band.
0: Yeah, we got a double bass,
1: fiddle. <laughs> it's very hard to run from the uh,
2: Bolivian army when you've got a double bass on your back. Yeah. That's what uh, f- they, they were really missing. Fiddle Castro. He was a key. a <laughs> <laughs> key member.
0: How much do you hate yourself for that? So
2: much.
1: <laughs> That's very good. Fiddle Castro. <laughs> and a one, and a two, and a... <laughs> So they're on the run from the Bolivian army. The group was almost annihilated by a state. Special... Do you Bolivian. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, we're losing control of this.
0: <laughs> Ask me how much I hate myself. Did you hear how Matt, much you hate so yourself? So much. You
1: hear Matt's pun, and you're like, I can, I can do that, but worse. <laughs> Just give me a crack. <laughs> you're wooden Bolivian. <laughs> you're wooden Bolivian. You are bolivian you know what, hear it back. It's very good. It's good. It's good, Matt. Come on, it's good.
2: That is good. I'm not, done. I'm not denying that. <laughs>
1: Uh, they were almost annihilated by a special detachment of the Bolivian army, again aided by CIA advisors. Oh. By the, so, the US government do not like Che. By the time the soldiers began to close in on Guevara and his men, only 20 or so remained and were running out of essential food and supplies. On October 7th, Guevara stopped in a ravine to recuperate, and peasants living in the area informed the Bolivian army that Che was there. Oh. No. Sold him out. What a pack of dogs. Wild dogs, a lot of them.
0: Dogs. What was
2: in it for the peasants? They were just believers in, oh, I did not mean that. <laughs> believers.
1: <laughs> I think they might have, uh, might think that, hey, we're not with them, don't burn our village down, right, that kind right. of thing. Um, uh-huh. 1800 troops closed in. Well, that's excessive. So they they really think a lot of
2: Guevara.
0: And, uh, he They're sus- Bolivian in him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! Fuck you, you're laughing every time You're laughing
2: It's getting better every time, that's why exactly.
1: So they um, 1,800 troops closed in and Guevara Sustained a wound to his leg and several other Rebels were killed, he escaped But only for one more day His leg riddled with bullets His gun knocked out of his hand and Nesto Che Guevara Surrendered, he said do not shoot I am Che Guevara and worth more to you Alive than dead Oh He was taken to a one-room schoolhouse in the village. The US government wanted him him alive to be interrogated, but Bolivian leaders decided that Guevara must be executed, fearing a public trial would only garner him more sympathy. Their official story was to be that he was killed in battle. Felix Rodriguez, a Cuban-American CIA operative, posing as a Bolivian military officer, informed Che that he was going to be executed. This is, um... From something that Rodriguez said in a 60 minutes interview years later. So take that what you will. He's going to make himself sound good. Yeah. I looked him straight in the face and I just told him. He looked straight to me and said, It's better this way. I should never have been captured alive. The two men shook hands. This is Rodriguez again. He embraced me. <laughs> I embraced him. Of course, you're going to say
2: that. He told me, you're a genius. You are a great guy. And you should do whatever you want. Um,
1: But I hope this isn't too frank,
0: but you have the biggest penis I've (laughs) ever seen in my life. My God, look
1: at that thing. So anyway, that's what he said, I guess. That's what he said.
2: Yeah. He also demanded. I pulled my pants back up and I was on my way.
1: (laughs) He also demanded that I not admit this part of the story. I said, look, I'd be very embarrassed telling this to 60 minutes. He said, please tell them. I'm humble, I said.
0: And he said, the people need to know. Uh, and this is where you'll flash my phone number on the
1: screen, right? <laughs> flash, flash. <laughs> Call now.
2: He said, "Don't you, whatever you do, don't leave it out." But in the case, sorry, that's in the story. In the room here, please leave it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I cannot believe you.
2: <laughs> you two, I cannot believe you. <laughs> this is going to be fun for weeks. <laughs> This is the
1: serious part of the story. Oh. Rodriguez left, ordering a soldier, Sergeant Tehran, to shoot below the neck because that would fit the official story that Guevara had died in combat. A few minutes later, Sergeant Tehran entered the hut to shoot him, whereupon Guevara reportedly stood up and spoke to Tehran, and his last words were, I know you've come to kill me. Shoot, coward. You are only going to kill a man. Awesome last words.
0: You're only going to kill a man.
1: No, I'm not a legend. I'm
0: just a person.
1: He's the world-famous Che Guevara. Like the revolutionary hero, but I'm just a normal guy. You're not going to destroy the revolution by killing me. I'm just a man. Hmm.
0: I am
2: just a man. Great line. Great line.
1: Great
0: line. I
2: think that about myself as well. Despite what a lot of people say, I am just a man.
0: Who has said otherwise?
2: Countless others. Countless. Countless. Hmm. So few I cannot count them. (laughs)
1: Anyway, Tehran fired, striking Guevara in the arms, legs, and chest. Oh. Che was pronounced dead. He was 39 years old. First, they took photos of his body, then cut off his hands and put them in formaldehyde so they could use his fingerprints to prove that he was dead, so no one could deny that they'd killed the great Che Guevara.
0: Oh, my God. He
1: was buried in a mass grave, and his body was lost for decades.
2: Oh, well, they found it. Until in a
1: 1995, Whoa. a year-long search for his remains in Bolivia was ultimately successful, Che's body was found in a grave with six others. Basically, they found a man with both hands missing and they were like, this could be him. And they ma- matched the dental records and
2: it was him.
0: Oh, wow. All How many the... years
2: later is this? Nearly so, 30 years later. So, hands missing. Is this from skeletons? Basically, from skeletons. Skeletons,
1: yeah. So, you know. The
2: skeletons that... sort of hold together a bit. I would imagine a whole pile of bones. They just sort of still stick together. Jangly bones.
1: Well, I mean, if you think about it. And I will. <laughs> It's not like they're not buried in coffins. They're just put into a pit in the yeah. ground and then buried over. So there's no room for the bones to move. They right. sort stay still in the dirt for thirty years. Yeah, like mm. how they find fossils and stuff. Um. Uh, Chase's body was found in the grave of six others, as I said, and they were all laid to rest with military honors in a specially built mausoleum in the Cuban city of Santa Clara.
0: That's amazing that they found him. I know it's it's crazy. Thirty isn't years it?
1: later, wow. Now, che had secretly visited Cuba in 1965 to see his second wife and wrote a letter to be given to his five children upon his death. It ends with, above all, always be capable of feeling deeply any injustice committed against anyone, anywhere in the world.
2: This is the most beautiful quality
1: in a revolutionary.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's hard to, like from the story you've told, it's hard to think of him too negatively. Have Did you go through... Sources that were more negative than, than others? or
1: Yeah, so it is very one side versus the other. So the legacy of Che Guevara is complicated and controversial to say the least right here. He is praised by many, including Nelson Mandela, who said he is, quote, an inspiration for every human being who loves freedom. Others, however, see him as a fanatical murderer and a callous executioner. The, mm. b- their biggest problem is when he executed those people in that prison. Yes. Often without a proper trial. Yeah, yeah, that.
2: That's that So that's,
1: it could be up to 500 people executed yeah, on his order. Yeah, that's no good. Mm. Now, he remains a national hero in Cuba where his image can be seen all over the place, including on a three peso banknote. I drove past a football stadium and there's just a big image of Che Guevara above that. There's a giant decal in Revolution Square in Havana of his face. Uh, he's in street art everywhere and mm. school children still apparently begin each morning by pledging, we will be like Che. Oh, wow. But it should be noted that in Cuba it was only April this year, that the, 2018, that the country received its first non-Castro president in 40 years and the new president, Miguel diaz Canal was Raul Castro's deputy before he took over. So, of course, they love Che because they're still in power mm. 40 years later with no elections or anything and um, mm. he's part of their myth. Yeah. So it serves them well to praise right. Che. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, so there's a lot... Lots of taking there. I just wanted to finish off by talking about the most iconic image of Che, probably the one that you imagine. Yeah, every time it's I like, see a, is he
2: wearing a beret? So he's
1: wearing a beret and he's staring off into the distance. Mm-hmm. Sort yeah. of, It's very iconic. Yeah. And it's seen on all sorts of merchandise. You mentioned the t shirts before, which is very ironic. Yeah. <laughs> he's so anti capitalist. Capital. <laughs> the Maryland Institute College of Art called the picture a symbol of the 20th century and the world's most famous photograph. And I don't right. know if this is. Just my internet, but when I googled world's most famous photograph, he came up as number one.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: Just on your internet?
2: Do you reckon it's... Or been... just
1: on my my search settings? <laughs> but just Which, be... I mean, because I had to spend a whole week. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Let
2: me Google it now. World's...
1: What about most... Type in most famous photo. That's what I typed in. Most... Most famous photo. Famous type that phrase in. Just most famous photo. photo.
0: Go. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Shay yeah. comes up Shay there, come Real, up. He's most up there. famous photo. not that crazy? But,
2: but that is because. But so
0: is a photo by uh, Sally Mann, a photographer I studied in Year 11 photography. Oh, <laughs> <Well>, there <laughs> you go.
2: I think in I think potentially part of that is because it's it's captioned the most, most famous, famous photograph because this one's come up a lot. Um, that's a very famous. Oh,
1: the Afghani girl with the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. beautiful eyes. Yeah. So, yes, it's a, it's a very famous photo. Mm. I just want to quickly talk about it. It was captured on March 5th, 1960, in Havana, in Cuba, by a local fashion photographer, Alberto Corda. The image is called Guerrillero Heroico, which I thought you would like, man. Go-
2: yeah. I love it. You love gorillas. I kind of, yeah, I love, I love gorillas. No doubt about that. Um, and I love that second word. Can you say it again?
1: heroico
2: oh yeah that's male
1: heroico che was 30 31 at the time it was taken oh okay cool the photo of che was not initially chosen for publication so he was there to cover an event there'd just been a uh, large explosion in the havana harbor and a lot of people had died so a lot of um, famous people came together and quarter was just taking photos of the different people and basically he took two shots. One. Uh, that was portrait in one landscape and then Che sort of moved out of position. But, you know, he really liked the photo and he printed it, this is Corda and put a a copy and hung it on on his own wall. Oh. Then seven years later, a couple of months before Che's death, a man named Gian Giacomo Feltrinelli, what a name, uh, knocked on Corda's door and asked him for a good photo of Che for a cultural think tank that was helping to export the ideology of the Cuban Revolution, (sighs) requesting uh, that he... have a good picture of Che. Corder pointed to his studio wall where the picture was still hanging and said, this is my best picture of Che. When Che died, just a few months later, Gian Giacomo began selling millions of copies of the image of Che as a poster. Within six months of Che's assassination, uh, Gian Giacomo sold over two million posters bearing this image, giving no credit or money to Corder. So a bit of a dog act, but he did help make the image famous. Corder also expressed that he forgave him because through his actions, the image became internationally so uh, recognized.
2: That's a Gian great, that's a great way to be able to think about things. Yeah, yeah a lot of people would be have been bitter about that forever. But, but I guess the, like because that. the reality
1: is, it would never have got out of Cuba without him. So mm-hmm. Gian Jacomo, mm-hmm. as you're calling uh, Feltrinelli, was mysteriously murdered not long afterwards. So whatevs. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> oh dear. As a lifelong communist and supporter for the Cuban Revolution until his death, Alberto Corder claimed no payment for his picture when people started attributing it to him. Right. So he didn't want any money for it, even though it could have made him a wealthy man. The only time he used his copyright was in the year 2000 when Smirnoff used the picture of Che in a commercial. Corder did not want commercialization of the image in relation to products he believed Guevara would not support, especially alcohol. He sued Smirnoff... The final result was an out-of-court settlement for fifty thousand U.S. dollars to quarter, which, to a Cuban person is a lot of money. But he donated it to the Cuban healthcare system, stating, "If Che was still alive, he would have done the same." Wow! What a guy! That's that's amazing. He died a few years ago. Ah, huh. that's and cool. Isn't that crazy? It's just uh, some guy that you don't know, and it's the you know, one of the most famous photographs of yeah. all time. Oh, but that is my report on Che Guevara, a very um, divisive figure. Thank you. I still don't know how I feel about him. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Amazing ideals, but then
2: like... A mass murderer.
1: Yeah, yeah, but then I also, like, can you... He he believed that the only way to get change was via a violent coup. and
2: Oh, if you that... believed that, then okay.
1: That, pro- that, that probably is the the best way but then it for change who knows mm. violence for change
2: and how do you think it ended up
1: well then um I know uh, poor old Cuban people they've been you know had the same group of leaders for four decades that's about, insane that's cut off from the world in many many ways opened up a little bit more now yeah
2: because I don't know heaps about that either but it doesn't feel like obviously the initial idea was not followed through.
1: No, because in some ways it is a communist society in that they all get a bit of food and a bit of water from the government and that they have their health care taken care of, but also they are still very, very poor as a whole. Right. You know, so it's it's, it's difficult to say.
2: Mm. Hmm. Well, you are an expert on this, so I, I imagine you'll make it seem easy.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I'll sum it up with these two words. Viva a revolution. <laughs> Matt, your favourite two words?
2: I love those words.
1: I love those words. Second only
0: to free pints.
2: Yeah, pints has been free pints bars for too long. Get him out.
0: (laughs) Pints, pints, pints. Pints. No, that was great. A very interesting, yeah, I'm not entirely sure where I sit, but a very interesting story. I don't
1: think I have the stomach to be a revolutionary.
0: God, no. I don't have the stomach for much, to be honest.
2: Hmm. Yeah,
0: I don't have the passion. I'm very lazy. I
2: imagine it depends. Like some, sometimes it just ha- it has to happen. You probably don't need to revolt right now because you live in the affluent east of.
1: That is true. An but affluent then country. Che could have been a fairly wealthy doctor in Argentina if he wanted to. True. I think of it because I also think about that. I'm like, oh, of course I don't want to revolt. Like everything's good for me. But then Che saw other people suffer. See, that's why I do respect him because he saw yeah. other people suffering and said, I want to do something about this. And did. But the way he often went about it can be seen as quite callous. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oof. Oof.
2: Complex.
1: A very complex individual. But there you go. Maybe I've opened up some people's interests and maybe they'll get that dusty book off the shelf that they wanted a quiz night a few years back and read it for themselves. Do some more learning.
2: Yeah, all right. Form, Form an I reckon, opinion. I reckon I'll do that. Hmm. One day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like every time we talk about a film, I'm like, I'm going to watch that, and I never do. But I'm sure you'll find 50 books that say he's an absolute icon and 50 books that say he's an absolute murderer. So right. You'll have to read 100 books and then decide. Ugh. <laughs> That's so many books. Uh, but thank you too for listening to the show, and thanks to everyone that suggests topics and stuff. You can do so by visiting our website, dogoonpod.com, and submit an idea. The idea of Che Guevara has been sitting there for a long, long time in the original hat.
2: Yes. It was? I've recently amalgamated the older new hats.
1: So now one giant hat?
2: One giant hat. Ten-gallon hat.
1: One giant ten-gallon hat. hee <laughs> Pew, pew, pew! Is
0: that what you do when you wear the hat? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Me too.
1: <laughs> hey, if you're also on our website, why not check out our merchandise? So we've just started selling through Redbubble. You hit the, uh, the tab shop and it will take you to the store. We can buy um, T-shirts, but also those same designs can be printed on... Hoodies on pants on mugs on phone covers all kinds of stuff. Man, I can't believe I'm saying this on the Che Guevara episode. Buy <laughs> <laughs> our stuff. Che, Papa's got to make a living. Okay, all right. Uh, so yeah, check that out. And you can also support the show through Patreon. That's kind of a Crowdfunding communist type thing. Uh, Patreon.com slash on pod if you want to support the show. Chuck in a buck, two, five, ten dollars a month. And at various different levels, you can get uh, rewards in exchange, including two bonus episodes every single month. At just those people here. A shout out, all kinds of stuff, uh, bonus content. And we'd like to thank some people that support the show through Patreon right here, right now. What, what are you thinking? How are we going to thank these six legends? Oh, yeah.
2: Jess, we gave you that. Shit. That guy, uh, that. Uh, for that uh, oh. duty. Well, let's. Uh, well, maybe we'll start thanking someone, Dave. And while Dave's saying the name, maybe I have got an idea. Right, what do you, you? you? Got? know
0: how his nickname came from like a a, a, a salutation in Check. a way. Yeah. Maybe we could change their first names to a greeting. Okay. Oh,
2: okay. I was thinking
1: something it? similar. Okay. What maybe... were you thinking? Well, I
2: mean, I mean, he couldn't just let you have it, could he, Jess?
1: <laughs> Never. Dave, what were you thinking? Well, I think we can change their name to um, a salutation. Let's go with that. Well, go what are that. you
0: going to say? It's probably better.
1: No, I think we, we could actually be the same because you know how Che can mean a salutation, but it can also just mean bro, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. We change their name to something like that as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what okay, I mean. Okay, so yep, let's m- we can mix it up a little
2: bit. clearly what she meant, Dave.
0: No, perfect. Yeah,
1: great. Perfect Matt. <laughs> Do you hear that? Say it again. Perfect. Thank you.
2: All I heard was Perfect Matt.
1: <laughs> yep. Me too, me too. I'll admit that. I would like to thank another perfect Matt all the way from St Kilda here in Victoria, a a great uh, supporter of this show, Matthew Webb. Oh, Matthew Matthew Webb. Webb. Hi, Matthew Webb. We know you in real life. Yeah. He
2: does tours in Melbourne. If you're visiting Melbourne, you should go do his Yeah, like
1: an educational walking tour.
2: Including, um, if you ask for it, I'm sure, great comedy spots around Melbourne. I think he might even include them anyway.
0: Yeah. Matt's great and he's a, a fantastic artist and we love you very much, Matt. Thank if you, you are so actually much. in
1: Melbourne and you are interested, we can hook you up with this tour. Just uh, tweet us and we will pass on Matt's details, something that we definitely recommend for any uh, 100%. international interstate people who want to learn a bit more about Melbourne. I've been on a few walking tours when I've been overseas. and
2: They're the best. You cover the so much. The one in You're Berlin like, oh. was one of the best things I've ever done.
1: Oh, I did one in Derry in Ireland and it was amazing.
2: Love them. Love a walking tour.
1: Me too. Love it. I did one in Nirvana. I learned a bit about Che on it. There you go. There you go. Uh, So Matthew Webb, what are we gonna? Wow, mate, matey Webb, matey. (laughs) Imagine if you became an icon, the one hundred most influential people of the twenty
2: first century. Matey Webb. Hey, matey. All right, matey. Friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) Warnaky. Doesn't matey sort of makes mate a bit patronising, right? Matey,
1: matey, matey. All right, matey, mate.
2: Matey, mate, that's totally fine. Matey,
1: mate, mate, web. Matey, mate, web, love it. And then people in Argentina will be like, "Isn't that just a name?"
2: Shayi mm. mm. Shay cool. <laughs> Matey,
1: mate, thank you, matey, mate, web. I would also like to thank. Did you just say Derry? I did just say Derry <laughs> because I'm thanking someone from, from Derry in uh, Great Britain. I would like to thank Sean
2: Lanigan. Is oh, Derry's in Northern Ireland? Is it? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Interesting.
0: Yes. I wonder if
2: uh, well, that's why I'd be G- GB, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I just panicked. I always panic when people put on this. I just say yes and then think, oh my.
2: God. No, I, th- I I'm at. I it pr- is. I'm, yes. It's in Ireland, I'm sure. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it was in, in Northern, Northern Ireland. Northern yes. Ireland.
1: Yep. and I had the most amazing
0: walking tour guide, who was also, I think, he used to be the postman. So everybody knew him. So he'd be walking along, and they'd be like, "Hello," and he'd just wow. say hi to everyone. Love that, that is so he fucking was, cool. He was, in, he was. So you're, a,
2: yeah, you're doing a walking tour with a local celebrity. Yeah, perfect.
0: It Was awesome. All right, so uh, how do we change that name?
2: Lannigan is a great. Lanigan, Lanigan's Lanigan, I love amazing. Lanigan. Mark Lanigan's one of my fave musicians.
1: Well, we're not talking about Mark.
2: I'm just trying to think if I can figure if I can work that in.
1: What about um because it can be used uh, at the entrance like a or right. Yep. What about ride on Lanigan? Ride
0: on Lanigan. Ride on
2: Lanigan. Sounds like ride on like a ride on mower. Yeah, perfect. Ride on Lanigan. That's what I said.
0: <laughs> Have a ride on Lanigan. Thanks ride so on. much
1: from your. Uh... Your support over in Derry. I can't believe that's Derry, awesome. Derry,
2: that's amazing. Can you do the two? Can you do a, a Dublin accent versus a Northern accent, Jess?
1: I can't
0: do it, no. But there's a difference. Like, Jamoan is Northern. Right. It sounds almost a little bit more, um, I don't know, not Scottish. More, maybe, yeah. I, it's beautiful. I actually, I really yeah, I like, like Northern I like, Ireland. I like, I like, oh, like Ireland in general, accent. yeah. It's great. But Northern's very cool, but I can't do it. Not, I don't think I can do a good Irish accent in general, to be honest. But I'd anyway (laughs) give it a crack. Um. So should I should I thank some people too? That'd be great. Okay, great. Well, I would like to thank from St. Petersburg in
1: Florida.
2: Oh, not far from Cuba. In the Florida Keys. Is that what the Florida Keys are in Florida? Yeah. Keys is that just like islands?
0: No, it's like a set of keys, (gasps) like a you know, like a. The keys to the city. Keys.
2: Right. Cool.
0: Dave, I picked up your keys for a bit. Don't be mad at me. Oh, Are you mad? I, I do
1: not forgive,
2: <laughs> and I do not.
0: <laughs> well, I would like to thank before I die. Apparently, Brent
1: Sunux. Sunux.
0: Oh, Sunux. that is a sweet Brent Sunux. surname. Sunux.
2: I'm Sorry, glad Brent. we're only changing the first name here.
1: No, because right, that is you, know, if you bro. You mess with that, you should go to jail. Can that be bro? Bro,
2: bro Sunux. Sunux. <laughs> oh my god. That's cool. So good.
1: Thanks, bro. That Aren't just gave bro? me a shiver. In Florida.
2: Yeah. Bro, right. Sonics. And we're happy with Sunnix there. It's not going to be right, is it? It'll be Sunnix. Try to say it like an American would. Yeah, I don't know. Bro, Sunix,
1: But you got to say it like a
2: Florida. Flo- oh. Floridian. Like uh, Flowrider. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What's his song?
0: <laughs> oh, Matt.
2: <sighs> he had a big one. He's a one-hit wonder, isn't he, Flo-Rider? He's, you know, he's sort of kicking around.
0: No, he's probably one of them. Didn't he he
1: did a version of You Spin Me Right Round? you Me right round. They reference that in the chorus, is that him?
0: Probably. I don't know. Anyway,
1: bro, Uh, bro. thanks for your,
2: love your work. Love your work. And I'd also
0: like to thank from Paisley
1: and
2: GB. Paisley. Oh. Is that where, you reckon that's where the pattern comes from?
1: Yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Again, that's me panicking now.
0: Oh, it's in the lowlands of Scotland. Like to thank Ross Johnson Moynihan. Oh. oh,
2: Moynihan. Moynihan is great.
0: Moynihan. Get, get, what's a Moyna?
2: <laughs> are you are you going to change up Ross Johnson or just Ross? Maybe
1: you, just Ross. Oh, you could have been. You could have do the double. Oh, bro, bro pal Moynihan.
2: Because <laughs> Ross, obviously, he'd get, he'd get Ross the boss a lot, and people say, "Hey, boss."
1: Oh, you know, so. that's great. Boss, boss, Pel- John-
2: boss Johnson Moynihan. Oh my God.
1: Oh, <laughs> boss Johnson, BJ Moynihan, love it. Thanks very much, Boss.
2: Boss, you're the boss.
1: That is good stuff.
2: Bruce Springsteen, one of my favourite musicians. Incredible. Thanks so much, oh, man. These names are so good. Very good. It feels like we're making a lot of them worse.
0: <laughs> oh, definitely. But I think we like do the other every week, week we
2: really, uh, with every, All our listeners have such good names: Ross yeah. Johnson, Moynihan, Brent Sonics. What else? Who else? Have we Matthew Webb, Cheyenne Lanigan. Am I saying that right? I thought it was Sean. Sean, that's right. I'd love to thank, if I may, from Newcastle, in England. Henry Smith. Henry. Henry Smith.
0: <laughs> Henry.
2: Henry Smith.
0: Mm, that's a good name.
2: I like it. Yeah, I like Henry a lot. Mm,
0: anything coming to mind?
2: Bonjour Smith.
0: Because you're thinking Henri? I guess so. Yeah, I love it. Yes, Bonjour Smith. So Bonjour. good. Bonjour Smith. Yes. Bonjour
2: Smith. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I prefer to pause and then put a very Australian accent on Smith. Bonjour, Smith. That makes me happy. But hey, whatever works for you. Have you guys know.
2: ever had the Newcastle Brown Ale from Newcastle? No.
1: God, is that, what is this a euphemism? What's going on here? <laughs> is that a <laughs> sex a, move?
2: The rusty trombone. <laughs> no, it's is um. Good stuff. That's no, yeah. It's a. It's one of the one of the first beers. International beers, I would have ever had. It's really, really not. I haven't had it in a long time, but I used to love it. Don't see it around as much as you used to, but a, a delicious beer. And I would also love to thank.
0: Where did that come from? And what?
2: For, he's he's from, from Newcastle. Henry right. Smith's from Newcastle. <laughs> I
1: was so confused. I was like, all right, man. But just a question: Have you ever tried <laughs> Chinese fried rice? Because it is quite good.
2: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I'd also love to thank. Uh, from San Antonio in Texas. Oh Spurs yeah. Country. Colin with a K. Colin Spenrath.
1: Ooh. Oh
0: Spenrath.
2: Bucko. Bucko Spenrath. Bucko
0: <laughs> Spenrath.
2: Oh, that's that is really good. That- <laughs> that's Bucko. the first one I felt I can feel like I really can get behind.
1: My God, you but nailed that. Do you think that maybe um this could be the start of a new your name.
2: Yeah, I reckon I reckon Colin might start going around as Bucko.
1: He demands people
0: call him Bucko. He sends out, like, a. he puts it on Facebook. He goes, hi, everyone. I just wanted to address you all and let you know that I am now changing my name to Bucko. Well, I remember a girl in, in primary school did that. We all called her Katie, and then one day she came into school, and she was like, um, I'd really prefer it if you referred to me as Catherine. And then, this is in grade one. Oh, uh, I was about to say,
1: what
2: age is this? Yeah, because that sounds fine. You should be allowed to be called by your name, but... Yeah, grade one is a, is bold.
0: It's so funny. And guess what? What happened? We then called her Katie in this primary in the playground, and she chased us around angrily. It was very fun. Oh, uh, I love it. Anyway, I hope you well,
2: Brutal. Katie. I love. Hope it Hope you well, Catherine. I love. I love that story of bullying in uh, early primary school. Thank you. It says a lot about Jess and who, the person she really is deep down. You're a real bucko.
1: <laughs> a big old bully. So thanks to all the legends that support us at Patreon, makes a big difference to our lives and uh, you get some cool stuff so maybe we makes a difference oh, to
2: you. And life. you know we're over 70% to our goal to tour America now.
1: It's really gone up a lot this year. It's feeling like that maybe next year could be the year.
2: It really yeah. does feel like it's possible, which is
1: We could come wild. to places like San Antonio. Probably not specifically there, but somewhere in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Um if we go to the US, USA, we have to go just some sort of sports game. I've decided that. Fuck yes. If I'm using the correct
2: terminology.
0: <laughs> some sort of sports game. Got,
2: the list of things and places we've got to see and do uh, is going to be huge.
1: I mean, it might be a nine-month tour like Che.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Driving around on a... Gary's high up on the list.
1: We'll be going to Gary.
2: Buckeye State University is probably in Ohio. Is probably something we've got to get to.
1: Or... I've always wanted to see Matt Rushmore.
2: Low on the list, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, really no, no pubs around there. Matt's not
2: interested. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, that that'd be great. I wouldn't even know where that is. Is that in the Grand Canyon?
1: No, I think it's in uh, South Dakota.
2: Isn't that in the Grand Canyon? <laughs> yeah, it's, no,
1: it's in <laughs> South Dakota, and I don't know how many South Dakotans.
0: Isn't it like we have. New York?
2: Disneyland
0: and the rest is the Grand Canyon.
2: Yeah, it's all in the Canyon.
0: That's my understanding. I think part. It's
2: in the Canyon. (laughs) (laughs) I think part of New York's in the Canyon.
1: Surely. Tip it in the hole.
2: Manhattan's up and Staten Island's in the Grand Canyon. It's in the Grand Canyon. Yeah.
0: Oh,
1: God, I don't know. Come on, Dave. Haven't
2: you ever seen that famous statue they've got of Liberty?
1: (laughs) In the Grand Canyon.
2: Yeah, it's in the Canyon. Ah, I feel like a fool. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you look like one, man. I fucking (laughs) (laughs) know. All right, we've got to go now. <laughs> yeah. I've got to go learn about geography, apparently. I've got to look up this Grand Canyon. It sounds grand. It I'll is tell you what. big. <laughs> it is a big canyon. All right, we've got to go. Thanks again for listening to the show. We'll be back next week with another topic from the hat. Keep the suggestions coming. But until then, I will say thank you and goodbye. Later. Bye. This
0: podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean if you want it's, it's up to you
3: head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring paul muscal and andrew scott stream the new hulu original limited series we were the lucky ones with joey king and logan lerman and don't forget about gray's anatomy every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on hulu